Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, October 12th. Coming up, how a new program inspired by an initiative from Omaha is working on Kansas City's record homicide rates. But first, some headlines. The University of Kansas men's basketball program has been placed on probation for the next three years, starting yesterday. Greg Eklund reports for KCUR the penalties stem from bribery and recruiting violations dating back to 2014. An independent resolution panel largely accepted KU's self-imposed penalties from last season when Coach Bill Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend sat out the first four games. Referring to former Jayhawk Silvio de Sosa, panel spokesperson Christina Sarchio says KU will vacate the 15 wins he played in. All regular season and conference tournament wins, records, and participation in which men's basketball student-athlete number one competed in in the entire 2017-2018 academic year. KU reached the Final Four that season, but lost to Villanova. There is no appeal process for the decision. The NCAA-appointed review panel that handed it down will soon be dissolved. A local humanitarian organization has officially been designated as just one of four agencies in the U.S. to partner directly with the United Nations World Health Organization. KCUR's Laura Ziegler has more. The World Health Organization certified Lenexa-based Heart to Heart International as a so-called emergency medical team type 1 mobile. What that means is that local governments in crisis areas like Israel and the narrow strip of Gaza see Heart to Heart as UN-sanctioned collaborators. Heart to Heart CEO Kim Carroll says supplies are already on the way. We had a 40-foot shipping container that is currently en route to the area. It contains medicines, medical supplies, and hygiene kits. Carol says as soon as the humanitarian corridor opens in the area, the organization will be sending more aid to the region. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Kansas City has recorded 147 homicides this year, most of them committed with a firearm. One neighborhood, Santa Fe, has been the site of 20% of the city's homicides since 2001. Now, a new program called KC360 says it was able to reduce killings in that neighborhood. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to four people involved in that project, a collaboration between the city, the police department, and neighborhood members. They include Reverend Darren Faulkner, program director of KC Common Good, which helps run KC360. Kansas City Police Department Major Carrie Thompson, Santa Fe Neighborhood Association President Marquita Taylor, and Empowerment Network CEO Willie Barney, who started the Omaha program KC360 was based on. Here's part of their conversation. Well, Reverend Faulkner, remind listeners what exactly KC360 is. KC360 is a community impact model that really gets its strength from the collaborative work of multiple sectors of the community coming together in alignment 
against the cause of violence. And we have uh, modeled this after the program in Omaha, Omaha 360. And so our efforts here in Kansas City is to bring together various sectors of the community around this issue of violence. So you've been working with Omaha to introduce this program here in Kansas City, Reverend, and you narrowed in on one particular neighborhood, the Santa Fe community. Why start there? Well, when we looked at the data from law enforcement dating back 20 years, uh, we saw, uh, number one, that this was an area that had historically been divested in for years, for decades. And number two, the data suggested that almost 20% of every homicide dating back from 2001 through 2021 had occurred in this 4.16 mile radius of the city. Uh, That accounts for about 1.3% of the entire city. Uh, But within this area of 4.16 miles was nestled the community known as Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And so looking at both individual uh, capital in that that, uh, community and the data, we thought that was the area we needed to begin work in. And last year, I should point out, this neighborhood had, had nine homicides. Where does it stand today? So far today, we're at two. Wow. Which is a 78% reduction, and we're so grateful to see that. We understand, uh, Steve, that this is just our first year. It's a baseline year. Uh, but what we're seeing so far this year is promising. Let me drill down just a little bit more on what you've done in Santa Fe, because at this point, there have been thousands of man hours poured into this effort in Santa Fe, more than three and a half million dollars. Tell us more. What's been done here? What's happened? Through the collaboration of the 360 partners at the table each and every week, we've been able to increase the, the communication that Santa Fe has with the city, the police department and with each other. Uh, we've been able to leverage some of the partners that come to 360 each and every week to provide the skill set or the service that they work in every single day. Just to give you one example, uh, the Urban Rangers uh, mentoring program for young African-American men took one of their projects and went into Santa Fe and beautified some of the areas throughout the neighborhood. And There's also it. been tons of trash removed from the neighborhood. Tell me about that effort. When we uh, engaged Marquita, uh, one of the first things that she said is, we need a cleanup. Our neighborhood needs a cleanup. And so through our partnership with the city and through our partnership with uh, <clears throat> Mayor Pro Tem City uh, Councilwoman Rainer Park Shaw, we were able to get work uh, from the uh, city to come out and do uh, what Marquita calls a cleanup on steroids. Um, this is not your average cleanup. Uh, clam trucks drive through the neighborhood and pick up debris from around the resident's house, couches, refrigerators, those things that are bulky items. What's the connection between cleaning up a neighborhood and stopping crime? There's a number of studies that talk about how beautification of a neighborhood is a deterrent to crime. Um, one of those that we are working in close partnership with our law enforcement partners is what's called RTM, risk terrain modeling. And it's a focus on geographic area and those things that are within that geographic area, abandoned property, p- apartment buildings, uh, yeah. gas stations. And so, Marquita, a cleaner neighborhood means less crime. Do you buy that? I do. I do. Because the neighbors were thrilled about it. That gives them pride in their neighbors, in their houses. And it helps them take care of their yards when they see cleanliness in, in one area. They tend to come outside and take care of their own areas. But it also gives you pride in what you have. 
And those neighbors who aren't able to take their trash to the truck when it comes can now, at when we have these cleanups, just let us know, put their stuff out, and they, they welcome the opportunity for people to come around the side of their houses because they're not able to do that. But it makes the whole neighborhood look so much better. Major, do you see a connection between cleaning up a neighborhood and, and a reduced level of crime? Absolutely. It's a mindset. It's a Jedi mind trick, if you will. The criminals, the crime drivers are not going to come to a neighborhood that's clean, that's organized. Ooh, they, they're paying attention, which means they, they call the police. They're going to see me. So it's a, it's a crime driver, absolutely. It gives the community pride, and it shows those that the ne'er-do-wells that want to come in and mess with that neighborhood that you're not welcome. Hmm. This neighborhood cares, and they call the police. Major, I wanted to ask you about one other wrinkle in this entire initiative. Homicides have dropped. We've talked about that here this morning in Santa Fe. However, non-fatal shootings are still at about the same level, meaning, you know, a bad guy took a shot and maybe meant to kill somebody but missed. What should we take away from that? Still, it falls back to the conflict. A lot of these shootings are based on simple, ordinary, everyday conflict, not getting along. We have the drive-bys on the houses. What's the reason why this young man or young woman just drove by a house and errantly shot into the house? It's over conflict. They're upset about something. They're mad. And this is how I'm going to express myself. I'm going to get you back. It's reckless, and it has to stop. Here in Kansas City, we are seeing ridiculous numbers of shootings uh, in our city, errant shootings, shootings where uh, people do not care who they hit, and it's conflict. Major, is it possible that while crime is down in Santa Fe that maybe it's been pushed to other nearby adjoining neighborhoods? That could be the case. Uh, We are hoping that um, we're able to stop the crime and not just push it to another community. Uh, One of our most busiest bus stops is the bus stop there at 31st and Prospect. Mm -hmm. Um, You see thousands of people each day coming into that area. Uh, And we are working with many of the businesses at that location, on that corner, and doing what we call something called a SEPTED, a crime prevention through environmental design. We're working with the library there and making sure that their lighting is improved and that they uh, plant bushes and have a gate uh, to deter those that want to loiter and uh, come and sell narcotics. We're also working with different food establishments, with the grocery store that is hanging on and hanging on. And we're we're trying to encourage the businesses there, please don't give up. Mm -hmm. Please don't leave. If you leave, this community is going to suffer. Uh, the grocery store there in that shopping center is one uh, of a, a very few uh, in Santa Fe. So we want them to, we want them to stop and it's, we want them to stay and remain there. Marquita Taylor, one other thing you've seen in recent years is the city is allocating more money to the neighborhoods. What's been happening on that front and why is it important? That is one of the things that I really and a, and a couple of the neighbors, um, neighborhood leaders have pushed for. We're so thrilled that the city manager and the city have decided to give neighborhood associations their own dollars to help make some some changes in their own community. And what are you using the money for in Santa Fe? Oh, absolutely. It is to pay stipends for a, a lot of it. A lot of it will go for for us because we have people in our community that are social workers that no carpentry, that can help the other neighbors that are in their community, but they don't have the funds to to help those particular neighbors. We're going to build 
really build a community. If you need to fix a window, you need money to go out and buy a new window. And that's what that money's for is what you're talking yeah, about. Th- that will be our main focus is that and the youth. Uh, if we need to someone to uh, pass out flyers and those kind of things, get the information, get the neighbors involved. The other thing I wanted to ask you is about your neighborhood's relationship with the Kansas City Police Department. Again, uh, widespread concerns around town in recent years. There's been something of a fractured relationship there. Mm-hmm. How has this initiative, KC360, affected that relationship? I think it has. everything has improved. It absolutely has improved. And I will tell you, I think it started a little bit before KC360 when Major Thompson was brought in on East Patrol. The The light bulb went off in our community mm. because we we wrapped our arms around her because we knew what the ch- big challenge that she had in our community. She stepped right in and said, She's we're nodding going to... her head as you're speaking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to move in. We're going to do great things. And, and also in her new position, she is still there. She is still very much committed and the neighbors absolutely love her. So. Yeah. Willie, I wanted to ask you about this uh, pot of money that the neighborhoods are getting uh, throughout Kansas City. How important is that to a community like Santa Fe based on your experience in Omaha? Yeah, one of the things uh, when Marquita and I first started talking, uh, that was one of the specific requests was there's a lot of great community-based agencies, but many times the neighborhoods themselves don't receive those funds. And so as a part of our strategy over the years has been building capacity. There are great neighborhoods. Uh, churches, uh, community-based agencies, but to be able to take that work to scale, it does require investment. And uh, Major Thompson and Darren both hit on this, that most of these communities we're talking about, you're talking about decades of disinvestment. And so in order to reverse and move them forward, uh, it does take a certain level of investment in, in all sizes. And Casey Common Good is focused on root causes. So this is jobs, it's business development, it's education, it's housing, addressing vacant lots. And so it's a holistic, comprehensive strategy, and it does require investment along with the work that everybody is doing. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske and Darren Faulkner of KC Common Good, KCPD Major Carrie Thompson, Marquita Taylor of the Santa Fe Neighborhood Association, and Willie Barney of the Empowerment Network. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Anna Schmidt, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.